Hi, everybody. Jim Crocker. Welcome to the Boardroom Metrics Catalyst podcast for August the 19th, uh, 2016. A bit of a special edition of the uh, Catalyst podcast today. And uh, going to be honest, uh, we got to be in a special edition because we screwed up on the original uh, recording of uh, yesterday's podcast. Um, yesterday, uh, Doug Fisher was uh, facilitating for us, uh, in fact, uh, had taken over the hosting position. But uh, as these things managed to happen, we were unable to record <laughs> Doug's side of the conversation. Now, one of the key topics that, that uh, Doug led us through yesterday uh, as, a, as a fantastic host was a blog that has been on the Boardroom Metrics site since 2013 and has been recently updated uh, called Governance uh, for Private Businesses, Two Best Practices. And uh, we had a series of questions from Doug on that. So what we've done is captured, um, I was doing most of the most of the talking, we've captured my answers to five questions that Doug had about uh, that blog. And we'll post a link to the blog uh, on, on the uh, show notes for this, uh, for this uh, podcast. Doug's five questions were the following. Uh, when business leaders are so obsessed with checking off the to-do items on their daily to-do list, why should they be equally or even more obsessed with corporate governance? Doug's second question was, is corporate governance a KISS, keep it simple, stupid exercise? Third question, what are the key elements of strong corporate governance? Number four, are there best practices in governance? And if so, what are they? And finally, Jim, I'm curious, please describe the typical corporate governance sessions that you, that you do with companies. So what follows are my answers uh, to those questions. By laying them out here, we'll lay out the questions in the show notes and be able to follow along. So I want to thank Doug for uh, doing a great job facilitating yesterday, and uh, thank you for tuning in. Yeah, it's a great question, Doug. You know, governance really is those formal practices that, that from our perspective, focus on three things. They focus on uh, identifying the risk and mitigating the risk that the businesses, you know, the business may be facing, uh, ensuring that the business has the right strategy, and ensuring that the business is well-led. So if you think of that as an owner of a business, I mean, typically these are private governance or, or sorry, public, you know, company governance practices where the board of directors is responsible for that. But those three areas, you know, risk, strategy, and leadership are obviously vital to any business. So you know, from that perspective, uh, as a private business or any business, putting a regular focus on that and finding a way to it. Doug, I think from your perspective, it would be this would be getting out of the weeds. This would be coming up to, I'm not sure it's the 50,000 foot level, but it's standing back far enough to really look at some of the important factors that could either put the business at risk or ensure that it's being properly run. And so I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it, it should be on, 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 you know, I don't think it's necessarily something you need to worry about every, every day. But on a, you know, on a regular basis, if you think of it the same way a board of directors would regularly get together, uh, to meet with the management team to, to, to do their government's governance process, exactly the same for a private business. Yeah, I, I wish I wish it was, Doug. I mean, I, I don't think this is quite the question you asked. I, I wish it was. I believe it should be. Uh, although some obviously some of the topics that would need to be covered, it could be you know uh, relatively need to be covered in depth. Uh, I, I think. So I've already mentioned our, our view on governance is really there's three elements, right? There's there's risk, there's strategy, and how well that is the organization. I, in my mind, that's relatively simple. I think, unfortunately, certainly the, the corporate governance that, that I've observed, and, 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 and I talk to a lot of directors, I work with a lot of boards, I think, unfortunately, governance can get really, really complicated. 
And when that happens, what I observe is, is boards of directors uh, and organizations end up spending time in board meetings or in their governance practices um, that takes them away from focusing on those three areas. And, you know, it's interesting when we describe governance as simply as it's those three areas, risk, strategy, and leadership. Um, there is a bit of an aha moment in terms of, damn, we, we have to get back to focusing on those three elements in our board meetings and stop wasting time and spending time on other areas that really uh, overcomplicate it and don't have a lot to do with 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 what corporate governance really is all about. So yes, I think it should be kissed dog. Is it typical? No, I think governance is regularly overcomplicated in, in, in a lot of businesses. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, I would focus on the three, Doug. I think, you know, primary, primary role of corporate governance, number one is to, uh, understand the risks an organization is facing. And it, this could be a not-for-profit. It could be a private business. It could be a public business. What are, you know, what are the risks the organization is facing and, and how do we mitigate them? Uh, just some thoughts on risk. Risk can be anywhere. Risk can be a market risk. It can be a competitive risk. It can be a financial risk. It can be, you know, they they come from all over the place. So I think, Frequently, risk is thought of as being financial. Uh, there are lots of great examples of organizations. I frequently use uh, Research in Motion, right? Research in Motion faced a market risk and failed to both identify and, and, and adapt to it. I, I use Volkswagen as a, a as an example of a company who their recent problems they had with their emissions testing. Um, they were marketing themselves in terms of, uh, um, you know, how well they could do with respect to that. But in fact, somebody was faking the numbers. That's risk, right? you know. So the board needs to be aware of and be thinking of those kinds of things. So number one is number one is risk. Uh, number two is strategy. It's it's the ability for the business, the board uh, or, or the ownership team, leadership, yeah, ownership team needs to be looking at is the organization pursuing the right strategies, um, you know, in the market they're in for the products and services they've got. Um, you know, are they are they doing the right things to be a successful organization? And that's a strategic question. So that'd be the second element. And the third element, uh, at the end of the day, the chief executive officer is the one person in the organization with sort of overall responsibility to manage the organization on a daily business, right? For, for a lot of organizations, they're the they're the only employee of the organization reporting into the owners, reporting into the board of directors. So it is a fundamental responsibility of the board to ensure that they have the right CEO. And, uh, you know, I, in my mind, that almost sounds like that should be a, be a given. Doug, you've probably experienced this. The number of CEOs who've been in their positions, uh, even, even in public organizations, without having had their performance reviewed, <laughs> Uh, you know, without, without having received coaching or direction or, or had clear objectives set out for them in terms of what they're doing. If you think of that in terms of how we would manage any other employee in the organization, that just doesn't make sense. Um, CEOs, you know, in, in, from my perspective, require exactly the same kind of management that any other employee in the organization would have because they are you know, by far the organization's most important employee. So it's, it is, th those are the three elements. Can I just jump in there and just say the, when, when you were talking about the CEO evaluation, we're amazed at how many CEOs. And when we've asked that question, they say, Oh, I've, I've you know, I've been CEO five years, seven years, 10 years yep. here, and I've never been evaluated. And we're always surprised at that. Jim also created a download on the website that organically has been really successful for search on uh, evaluating your CEO. And so many people write us back afterwards saying, wow, thank you. We've never done this. And this is really helping us on that right, right path. Yep. So amazing how many have never been evaluated. Yeah. Yep. And there's no question it's, it, it's becoming again, like everything else in governance, there is increasing interest and increasing recognition that the CEO 
you know, the CEO role is fundamental to corporate governance. On the other side of that is CEOs are saying, I want to be evaluated. I actually want to know where I'm measuring up here now. That I mean, it has to take a confident one to do that. No, that is the, but well, I mean, we all, we all want feedback in terms of how we're doing. We'd all love to understand how the people we're reporting to feel about what we're doing. And it's no different from CEOs. And I always say this, I know a lot of CEOs, we all, we all have large egos. But it's really helpful in terms of doing a better job to understand how the people we're reporting to, how the people we're representing feel feel about what we're doing and what their expectations are. So a CEO evaluation is is you know accomplishes exactly that. Having CEOs on the board is 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 fine. It's an okay thing. You just need to recognize that they're not independent. Corporate governance replies um, requires. Uh, significant independence. There are going to be people on the board who clearly aren't independent. The CEO isn't independent. And where I get concerned, a lot of people get concerned as a corporate governance best practice would be when the CEO is also the chairman of the board. I absolutely don't believe in that. You, you cannot, for example, how, how does a board of directors evaluate a CEO when the CEO is the chairman of the board? <laughs> it's, it, it, it can't be done. You, you can't have a CEO evaluation. So there needs to be independence. Having a CEO on the board, I'm, 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 I'm okay with that as long as there's recognition that they're really not independent. Yeah, I, I'm not sure there's a best practice there, Doug. You've kind of touched on it. At the end of the day, I mean, private business is different, right? The owners, um, we're not talking about public company shareholders uh, and that kind of thing. So at the end of the day, the the person likely leading the board isn't going to be that independent anyways. So really the important thing when, when a private business goes looking for a board of directors is they really are looking for that objective perspective to help the owner run the business better. So I think they need to look at the same three elements, but in a sense, uh, the role is much more advisory, I would say, in a, in a, in a private business anyways. But but I, but I do really agree with your point it, it, in, in the sense of, but be clear what it is you're getting from your board. And if what you're looking for your board, there's a difference between getting putting together a board of directors and getting help with the business you're in or the market you're in or whatever and having a board that's focused on governance best practices, right? So back to risk strategy uh, and leadership. I mean, there is a difference there. So I think it's, you know, getting a, you know, if you're a smaller business and you simply want to have some people around who you can count on to give you good market feedback and some thoughts on how to do operations better or whatever, I think that's a fantastic thing to get. That maybe It may be uh, performing a very different uh, service, though, than pure corporate governance. Doug, can I, and, and Karen, can I just want to give one, one final thought um, would be, I'm going to go back to the independence of directors. I think as, as any organization thinks about putting, putting together its board, um, need to think really hard about the qualifications of the people you're bringing on the board. And so, for example, having a, having a, having a family business with a board of, that's made up of, um, you know, for example, purely family. Uh, or simply the lawyer for the family, keep in mind again that those people won't be as independent, <laughs> you know, and therefore their decisions and how they're going to think about the business, there will be an element of um, what they're looking for for themselves, even as hard as they try uh, in terms of the advice they'll be providing. So I, I, I do really encourage directors and boards to think hard about how independent their directors actually are because I think there is a benefit, at least in having a number of directors who clearly, clearly, regardless of a decision that's made for an organization, they're, they, they're not going to gain or lose anything as a result of it. I think, I think decision making at boards does change when there's something to be lost. For example, we had a major company here in Canada. You know, the chairman of the board was being paid almost $2 million a year to be the chairman of the board. Do I think that chairman of the board was, was independent or objective? I really don't. 
I really don't. I think it'd be very hard for that chairman to stand up to the owner and say, we're not doing this. And be, because when you're being paid $2 million a year, that's a conflict. So it's, it's, it's elements like that. So just be very, very careful in terms of the independence and how much independence you're looking for with respect to putting a board together. Number one, I mean, we see this all the time. Be clear on the role of the be clear corporate governance is and the role of the board. I think that's the most common issue, Doug, um, that, 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 that boards miss. Boards frequently misunderstand what their role is. You know, I'd like to define it the way we do, which is, you know, I'm repeating myself. It's, it's all about risk strategy and the CEO. So maybe it's the second best practice. Look at the processes you're using. And if, if your processes are leading you very far from, astray from looking at uh, risk strategy and the role of and the, and the CEO, then I, then I suggest that the processes are a little broken and you're probably wasting time on, on the wrong things. I do think the final one best practice, Doug, would be, we kind of touched on it, some kind of evaluation process that enables the board on a regular basis to go back and check to make sure that it's doing its role properly you know that there's uh, that the, that the directors are comfortable with how the with how the job is being done potentially how stakeholders are comfortable that the board is in fact objective and performing its governance role so so for example you can't be on uh, you know on on the large exchanges in the US anymore without doing a board evaluation but there are lots of boards still not doing board evaluations i think it's a very important best practice uh, that helps boards understand what they can do better uh, to provide good corporate governance for their organizations can I just ask there, Jim, with the, we're seeing tenors of, uh, of CEOs being, you know, five years and under now, is there a time limit on boards that people should be on a board of directors? Or do you, do you mm. view that as a, uh, as a I, challenge I, out there? Yeah, I mean, I, I, do, I do see, again, maybe some conflicts. I, I, I personally believe in term limits, you know, rate, rotating term limits. I, 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 not sure that anybody should be, I think we talked about this in another podcast. I don't think anybody should be in any position for, for much longer than, than five years, certainly between five and 10. I think it's time to turn over. And I think when, if someone's around in any position, including director for, for longer than that, again, I'm going to go back to it. They're no longer independent. They're no longer objective. And, um, I, I think again, organizations need to be, need to be careful with that. Mm, thank you. Yeah, Doug, most of my work is focused on, on board and CEO effectiveness. Um, and it's, it's largely training. Uh, I would call it interactive training because there's so much value that can be gained by bringing, you know, uh, boards together and having really, really good interaction where there's discussion of starting with what is the role, you know, what is the role of the board? What is the role of the CEO? Uh, what elements need to come together for a board to be effective and, and helping boards take a look at those elements. And, and we didn't, we haven't touched on those, but those elements would be things like board composition and the information that the board gets and, and the quality of the leadership on the board, like the board chair and things like that. So we do a lot of work and, and have a, a series of, I say a series, a, a couple of uh, simple but effective evaluations to help boards get clear on, you know, if this is their role, how well do they have the elements in place to, to enable them to do the role well? And exactly the same thing for the CEO. What, what's the role of the chief executive officer? And, uh, you know, and how well is the chief executive officer um, fulfilling that role? We, we continue to see, and I, and, I, and I get this, I understand this, we continue to see a lot of, not just the role of the board that's confusing. Um, if you think of, if this makes sense, a lot of board directors, uh, although they've 
a lot of, you know, everyone has great business experience, whatever. Um, there are actually relatively few board directors that actually have CEO experience. So spending time with boards on what is the role of CEO, what should the expectations be, how best to manage a CEO, how to set objectives and that kind of thing is actually a topic of great interest uh, to, to boards of directors. Now, lots of boards have, you know, ex-CEOs or, or, or a CEO on the board, but overall, directors find the work and the effort around what, 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 what is a CEO and how should you be managing them? Uh, very, very interesting. So again, too long an answer, but that's that's the focus of the work day. And uh, can I just ask a question there, uh, Jim, on you, you mentioned board composition. It, is that on like diversity and things like that? Because I know we've had recent inquiries uh, from companies. How do I get uh, more diversity on a board? Is that under the composition? Yeah, that's under board composition. And, and, and again, on any of these elements, whether it's information or diversity or whatever, I would lead back to the role of the board is to understand risk strategy and and the CEO. So the composition needs to be whoever's on the board needs to be consistent with their ability to manage risk strategy and and the CEO. I'll give you a really really simple example. Um lots of boards, I'm going to put it another way, technology has become a significant way of doing business and a significant risk for many 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 organizations you know we're moving closer and closer to every organization being a technology organization however if you go and look at the composition of most boards i I forget the number but it's it's well over 50 percent of boards have no representation nobody on their board with with technology expertise oh so, yeah, diversity is nice. Now, now again, diversity, is, if we're talking male-female, another diversity I like to talk about is old versus young. Again, going back to technology, going back to how businesses are changing, a lot of boards, you know, too many boards don't have enough representation <laughs> of new ways of thinking, of, of younger ways of thinking. So, again, way too long answer, Karen, but uh, diversity fits in there in terms of board composition, but it all needs to be hung around the notion of how do I best understand my risks, my strategy, and do I have the right CEO? 